Best Pod. Hey, praise Sammy KFTC Improv. Sammy! I want to get right into it, okay? Because I'm actually going to do this one for your brother, Seth. Are you gonna you're gonna hit the disclaimer? Oh, I can hit the disclaimer. I mean, I wasn't gonna oh. swear yet, but I can definitely hit the disclaimer. Oh, I thought when you said this is a statement intended to specify or delimit the scope of rights and obligations that may be exercised and enforced by parties in a legally recognized relationship. Wait, what? This is your disclaimer. The Hey Frage podcast may not be suitable for all years. Oh. oh, okay. So what were you gonna get right into then? Well, because I noticed that when we were starting the show, that your phone was blinking. That you were getting a phone call, right? Yes. And so, of course, I look down and I see it, and I realize that you have your poor brother, okay, a father, okay, an adult male, in an, in the phone as Sethy, like he's a four-year-old <laughs> child, okay? I have always called him Sethy. You can't. I finally had to sit my aunt down and be like, "Take me out of your phone as Samuta, okay?" Yes. Like, because they call it like Samuta, yeah, see me Samuta, feed from Mahuta. Like they do this like song for me all the time as a kid, right? <laughs> I swear. Oh, is that like a real song or no, something? No, it's just something made up. up but like okay. Samuta is like a child's name. It's like you know, I don't know. Like they don't like they don't call you by your kid's name. You can't call him Sethy. He's an adult. He's a father now. Sethy. You but can't call him Sethy. Be my baby. Brother. I get he'll always be your baby brother. But you know, you need to put him in as like Seth Frazier. You know, give him like an appropriate like okay. name. Like I finally changed. My mom was in my phone as mommy. And I finally that's was like, great. and I was like, but you know what? That's not like, you know what? She she deserves better than this. <laughs> she she is, is an old woman who has worked her ass off, who deserves way better than this. So I put her on my phone as Zainab Mahdi. Like I just put in her full name. Why didn't you keep it as mom though? Everybody should. Everyone's got their mom in their phone as mom. No. Okay. Yes. Well, still, you don't have your little brother as like, you know. Oh my god. Seppy. I bet there's so many nicknames. And and for your significant other, aren't you going to put your significant other in your phone is Boo Boo or What do you have Dan under? Uh, I actually have Dan under Dan Raven. Oh, okay. See, so you respect Dan, him. Whatever. Oh, whatever. Oh, too late now. <laughs> Said it. Well, you respect him enough to put in a full name is what I'm saying. You don't call him like Boo Boo Bear. Like Snuggle Poo. Actually, I want to call him Smooches, but. So I, once you're going to type in your phone yeah, to Smooches. Like, I'll change oh. it right now. So that way, every time you get a Smooch. call, you're in public, they go, wait, who is Smooches calling you? I know. I can't. I, I know so many women that have their significant others in their phones as something else. Well, okay, fine. And there may be a lot of women that do that. I would like to find the significant others that actually approve of that. I doubt there's going to be many. You know what? That's a good question. You know what? Hit us up on social media. Yeah. At the Sammy K, S-A-M-Y-K, on Instagram, Twitter, you know, all the socials. At I, Hey Frage on Instagram, Twitter. Okay, I'd be curious. Because I think everybody likes a little sweet pet name. Because I want Seth pet. to know that he will always be Seth Frazier in my eyes because, you know, he's an adult male. <laughs> Well, you know, I'll have to ask my brother, because this, by the way, is our last live podcast show before we go on vacation. Uh-huh. So when I'm in Maine, I will find out. Um, anyway, welcome to the Hey Fresh podcast. I'm Sarah Frazier, along with Sammy Kay, and this is it. So this is like our last one before the new year. Call me Seth Frazier superhero. <laughs> he might. Yeah. Um, well, before we get into what's going on in the show, actually, you know what? We'll get into this after. I wanted to know, like, what you've learned in, in 2016 as oh, we say God. goodbye. Okay. Like, if, you, if you've got one little piece of advice for people. Yeah. Okay, so think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I want to get to on the show, if you've wondered why, and I, I've had two very strange friend experiences that I want to ask you about, okay? Um, one, a dear friend, like a person that I've known forever, okay? How many times do you text someone or reach out to them to get together before, and they don't respond, or they take a long time to respond before you just go, okay, I guess this friendship is over? Like, you've called, you've texted, 
I mean, how many times do you attempt to get together with someone who's a dear friend? Are you kidding? I have a rule that it's. Uh, I have a two. I have a. My, I have a sorry, my text message rule is two, and then okay. I ghost. So if I have written you two times without any sort of response, then I'm never writing you back again. That's it. So like, even though it could be like, you know, six months later, I was like, you know what? What? are they up to? I haven't talked to them forever and if I go back and if my text message history shows that I've texted you twice and I haven't, don't have a response that's it. I'm never going to text you back again. Really? So I do one and I wait for a response and then maybe like a couple days later I'll try a second one and if I don't get anything then that's it. I'm not really one to play around and like be like Hey, so what? Are we not friends anymore? Like, I'm an adult. I just I can get wonder hint. what happened. Like, what? This person, I think, has to be mad. But I'll tell you about. I'll okay. tell you about the check, text exchanges, and yeah. then you can tell me if this person's just busy or I need to give up. Okay. Um, also, you know, I've sworn off psychics. As you know, I love a good psychic. Yes, I know. I really do. But by the um, way, did you know that psychics actually love pastrami sandwiches? <laughs> I know, it sounds ridiculous, right? But I was at a, I randomly stopped by a subway over the weekend, like late night, and there was all these drunk psychics, no joke, like drunk psychics that walked in and they all got pastrami sandwiches. And that's like the, I wonder if that's the official sandwich. I didn't know. I looked at them and I was like, so did you guys know you were getting a pastrami sandwich when you woke up today? Really? Like how, like when, at what point did you go, hey, this pastrami sandwich, but they all got pastrami sandwiches. I didn't understand why. Um... Well, here's the here's the thing. A psychic has come forward. I didn't realize this, but tonight there is another supermoon, and we've had three supermoons very close together, which mm. is a supermoon itself isn't rare, but three very close together within like a month of each other is rare. Mm-hmm. And she says if people are acting nuts this holiday season towards you, that the supermoon, she will explain why and how it's connected with the supermoon. You buy this? Okay. We'll get to that. And then also, if you're broke coworker, Asked, they were on falling on hard times, uh-huh. and they said, "Hey man, could you take my laundry at home once a week and clean it for me and bring it back? Would you do it?" Wait, they're not paying me. <laughs> You're telling me they just asked you. me, so out of the they're kindness of my heart. Yep, yep, out of the kindness of your heart. This is a coworker who has fallen on hard times. I am going to need a lot more details on this coworker. Okay, I'll tell you about the listener who needs our advice and how it involves her coworker asking her to take home oh, laundry. God, okay. um, by the way, California Tortilla is one of our amazing sponsors, and it's not too late to get them to cater your swanky holiday party, your office party, maybe even to take the uh, relief, if you will, and stress away from your family. So this holiday season, reach out to California Tortilla. You can visit caltort.com slash catering, or you can call them at 855-CALTORT to book your next event. But they'll do it all. You can skip all the sandwiches and have fresh and delicious homemade fajitas and tacos right there at your door. They do complete catering. So uh, definitely, we love, love, love when you support our partners, caltort.com slash catering. Um, I wanted to talk a couple of pop culture stories that I've been obsessed with. First of all, did you, I don't know if you heard Madonna's Billboard Women yes. of the Year speech. Oh, it's huge. It was so good. So I, I wanted to play a clip of this because I think that this is so important for women to hear. Take a listen. We already had sex with a banana, so. Oh, sorry. That was the end of the First of all, I wanna, Anderson um, joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to say thank you to Labyrinth. That was an amazing, amazing uh, performance. Can I put this down? This is the beginning of her speech, Sorry. by the way. Mm-hmm. Seriously? But, Do you want me to go towards the end? Yeah, well, I, it's a no. long speech. It's, it's a like, very it's long like speech. It's like six minutes. I wanted to see if we could just get the couple of parts. Um, but I, always feel, I didn't have oh. time to queue it up. Uh, the couple of parts where Don't she just talked about. Don't have an opinion about, that is out of line with the go. status quo, at least. 
You are allowed to be objectified by men and dressed like a slut, but don't own your sluttiness. And do not, I repeat, do not share your own sexual fantasies with the world. Be what men want you to be, but more importantly, be what women feel comfortable with you being mm. around other men. Wow. And finally, do not age, because to age is a sin. You will be criticized, you will be vilified, and you will definitely not be played on the radio. Wow. When I first became famous, there were f- nude photos of me in Playboy and Penthouse magazine. Yeah, there's she a goes, lot of stuff. She goes on it. It's, it's very powerful. I mean, if you have a solid 10 minutes, listen to it. Yeah, well, I watched it all yesterday, and then I posted it on social media. And I just think, you know, she talks about basically how difficult it is for a woman and that essentially it's so hard to make it on your own because, especially from men, they don't want to see you do that. And I think it's like, it was just unbelievable. And she does talk about working with men, but you have to find men that are willing to share that space with you. Mm-hmm. And she was just saying, like, how rare that is. So I posted it yesterday, but you should definitely, as a woman, take the time to watch it because I think, oh, my God, and the more I go along in my career, I'm like, it's so true. It's really, it's amazing. And the whole thing, too, about, like, being sexy but not too sexy is is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, Britt McHenry. You probably know Britt McHenry as the ESPN reporter. She went on a rant about a year ago. I'm over- in the news, sweetheart. That was um, like her big quote. That's the one I remember. So we're going to be like, I'm in the news, sweetheart. Yeah. And she, so she's based out of DC. She's blonde. Uh, she's very, very attractive. I follow her on Instagram. Um, and anyhow, so she was over at Advanced Towing, which I got I to tell you, I, I mean, I've had some run-ins with Advanced Towing. They're very aggressive. So I can understand how you could lose your temper. But she was caught on tape basically belittling the woman that mm-hmm. was helping her. Do you have a clip of that? Yes. Because I want to tell you about what she's come out and said. I'm in the news, sweetheart. That's I will update okay. to do this place. Okay, okay that's fine. Right. And I'll play your videos, so careful. Ooh. That's why I have a degree. Ooh, that's why I have a degree. Uh, I mean, she's just getting angry now. Makes my skin crawl even being here. Yep, that's all you care about. She's just taking people's money. Anyway, so she, you remember that, that video, but she's basically come out now and says that she has suffered like an eye condition where she's nearly blind in one eye, um, and she really regrets uh, doing that. Do you think, she wrote, she's in an article for Marie Claire, mm-hmm. so, um, and she says that for a while after the abuse, or after this had happened, right, and she was suspended for a week from ESPN, yeah. then she basically went offline, didn't even read any of the comments, but as a way of kind of like self-punishment, about a month or two later, she started to read them, and that's when she suffered from complete stress. Did you read this article and think, like, now she's trying to get empathy for what happened I think and she's turn trying it around, to get empathy. or do you think she's sincere? Well, here's the problem, is I feel like she's sitting there and she's like, this, and I can't believe it, and now I'm going blind, like... Those are not mutually exclusive. You know what I mean? You being an asshole is not what made you blind. Like, you were just an asshole. Now you're trying to defer that away by saying, yeah, but look at me now. Now I'm going through an issue. I just don't believe it because at that point, if you're writing an article about it, how humble can you be? You know what I mean? Like, if you truly are just apologetic and you want to apologize that you yourself feel good and that they don't hate you anymore, the person that you wronged, then what the hell is it putting an article Marie Claire going to do? 
Like, that is for nothing more than publicity. That is for nothing more than for her to get her name out there again, for us to talk about it today on the show, and that's it. Well, I do have to tell you, I thought it was, I guess because I've been fascinated by her, too, because that was a big moment. I mean, essentially, it was the same thing as going on a racist rant as a celebrity and then having Mm -hmm. that caught on tape, right? Yeah. So a huge moment for her. ESPN was going to fire her. Then they ended up going, all right, we'll give you a suspension. We'll bring you back or whatever. But I was curious to find out over the past year since it's happened, was she going to come out and say, like, how was she going to, I guess, reflect on this and then really have changed? Mm-hmm. And so when I read that article, I'm kind of with you. I'm not sure that I'm I don't, convinced you, that she's any different. And I thought the eye condition thing was like... Reflection and change to me is you showing up, doing your job, not mentioning a peep, doing your job as well as you can for the next 10 years of your career. Until people just kind of forget about it. But trying to get sympathy, trying to get sympathy is, that's just the wrong move. Well, I think. If anything, hello, I'm going to say these five letters karma. Okay? Like, if it was me and I sat there and I had a video of me surfacing me being a complete tyrant to somebody, and then I started going blind in one eye, I'd be like, you know what? The universe is a sick beast. (laughs) Well, here's my thing. I think that, I don't think you don't say anything about it. Because I think when you don't say anything about it, you don't. You haven't learned any lesson. No, no, but I think, but her trying to comment and write an article isn't how you get, like, I think she did her apology. She said her piece. Now she just needs to do her job instead of trying to find other venues to get, you know. Well, I think she mentioned in the Marie Claire magazine that she talks to people a lot one-on-one about the situation, meaning, like, fans that come to see her. And she says that most people are forgiving or whatever. But I guess what I always wonder about people that make these mistakes is, then why don't you ever, I mean, did you ever go back and apologize to the woman? Did you ever, like, really stop and go, damn? Because to me, when Britt McHenry, when you hear that, you're like, well, that's not someone that's done that for the first time. You've done that before. Right. So then do you really go through and kind of do some, you know, self-inventory and go, God, who else have I done this to or really changed my behavior? That's to me why I don't get these articles either. I'm like, you don't seem like you've really had any remorse. Again, if if they came to me and I was in her position, they go, hey, Marie Claire goes, Sammy, we want you to write an article about your experience. I go, actually, here's my article. I went and I apologized to the people that I hurt. That's all you get. You know what I mean? Like, if you're writing this full-blown article, I want to see you actually, like, that's what I care about, is you apologize to the person that you hurt. You didn't hurt me. You didn't make fun of me. Right. That's the thing. And, like, I don't know. I just read that article. And she is local. And, you know, so for us, and but she's also a national TV figure. So I'm sure if you watch ESPN and follow news, you know who she is. But I don't know. I wanted to be more open. And I've been waiting for her to come out and see if there's been any remorse. But I just wasn't. No. I wasn't feeling that article. Um, a local. So this is also a local incident that happened here in Arlington. A guy um, ended up whipping out his penis after mm-hmm. a fight over a parking space. Amen. Did you see Hey, man, how else do you get a parking spot, Sarah? What? Well, I love that the guy's from Florida. So the 34-year-old the man who actually actually whipped his dick out at Pentagon City on Friday and accused and now is accused of flashing another man was visiting from Florida. Mm-hmm. They got into a fight over a Pentagon City mall parking space following a verbal dispute between the two parties. Um, and now, according to Arlington County Police, they say the officers conducted a canvas of the area and located the suspect. The crime report uh, continues that the guy was from Palm Beach, Florida, and was arrested and charged with indecent exposure. Okay, here's what I'm going to... Did they show what the other guy looked like? Because <laughs> what do you mean? Why Here my theory matter? on this. Okay, so let's say this was me getting in dispute. Okay, okay, I'm pulling up. I get in a fight. 
I sit there, I start yelling at somebody. If this guy gets out of the car and he's way bigger than me, yeah, there's no way I'm going to win this fight, and there's no way I'm even going to be able to get in a physical altercation with this guy without getting my ass kicked. Correct okay. or not? Right? All right, sure. Okay, totally. So now I'm thinking in my head, okay, Sammy, this is clearly going to escalate. How can you make sure that you don't get hurt? Okay. Whip my dick out. Because who the hell is going to sit there and try to fight me with my dick just flopping left and right? You know what I mean? Like, who's going to try to detain me? Who's going to try to hold me down? Who's really going to take a swipe at me knowing they could touch the tip? You know what I mean? Like, at that point, I think it was more or less. He's probably a short guy. You know, I think he's a tiny guy that was just like it was a safety tactic. If anything, that was self-defense. You know, at that point, you can't he can't fight the guy. And he thought the guy was probably going to attack him. And he goes, well, you know what? Well, I've sat there and I've actually heard of people. They go, oh, yeah, no, if I if if anyone ever came to me with a gun and was like, give me all your money. First thing I'm going to do is take my clothes off. That would be your And I was like, what? Why? And my friend explained. He goes, think about it, man. If you're there buck naked on the side of the fucking road and some guy's holding a gun to you, he's going to feel a lot more uncomfortable than you do. (laughs) That might actually scare somebody Yeah, and it's one of those things. Like, you know, it's one of those things. This is also the same friend that told me if you're ever walking down the street alone and you're afraid, just talk to yourself really loud because that way people will either think that you're batshit crazy or that you're really upset and you're about to fight some stranger on the street. I like that tactic. So, like, it's the same friend I'm telling you, and I think he would actually be the one to be like, oh, if this guy was short. That's what I would do. I'm always amazed. And, like, I think everybody knows on this show anyway that I'm sort of, I'm always, like, whatever with nudity. But it always amazes me that, like, the guy called the police on that. It's like you're a grown guy getting flashed a dick by another grown guy. You're going to really call the police on that? Oh, my God. If I had to call Over the cops. Over a parking space? If I had to call the cops every time I saw a dick, Sarah. I know. That's what I'm saying. I can it's never like, go to a gym. Only in Arlington, I feel like, would this mm-hmm. actually be a story. This would be a non-story in any, like, in D.C. proper, this would be a non-story. Because I was like, wait, what? Do you know how many dicks I see on the bus on a weekly basis? <laughs> like, do you know how many I'm dicks sure. I see just, like, hanging out in Adams Morgan and people just whip it out to pee? Like, <laughs> I see it all the time. And I can't, if I spent, if I honestly called the cops every time I saw a dick in the city. I know. I would be there, I would have a frequent flyer card. You know what I mean? Like, I'd have a frequent member card there. That's what I mean. It's like, it's amazing to me that on a... That's yeah, good to know. Part. Isn't that great to know that crime is so not happening in your area that, like, the biggest crime to happen over the weekend was some guy showed his penis? Like, that's that's got to be, you know, well, that's got to feel safe. Arlington's kind of funny because I live in Arlington. And, like, you know, you'll go through a couple months where the biggest thing will be an indecent exposure or, like, a some sort of confrontation at the mm-hmm. dog park. But then you'll also have these, like, serial rapists, like, that that kind of happen. So it's like a weird. Yeah. It's a, it's from one extreme to the other in Arlington. You know I get I mean? that. I also feel like, you there's know. No petty, there's no, like, break-ins. Yeah, it's you guys like, don't have just, like, basic, yeah. like, murders. It's either something crazy fucking there or it's some guy, like, showing his dick, you know? And, uh, or, like, right. what was it? Did you guys have a serial pooper for a while? Like, some guy that kept... Yeah, po- I don't think they've ever caught the serial okay, pooper. Okay, so, like, this is news in Arlington. For anyone that doesn't know, like, this is what news there is. Like, hey, some guy took a dump but in what, a field. But, what, human dump in D.C. On, in a park is normal? That's called... Nor- yeah, it's just literally called Tuesday morning. Like, where else is he supposed to go? <laughs> a psychic says that if people in your life are acting crazy... Don't worry, it's just because of the super road. And by the way, this is a, a psychic. Her name is Rose Smith. She's the head of the largest network of psychics, psychic readers in the Southern Hemisphere, Absolute Soul Secrets. Rose, this is so irresponsible <laughs> of you. She says that people have heightened emotions right now because we're going into the third supermoon tonight. And like I mentioned, the supermoon itself isn't rare, but this, the fact that they're in such close cycles uh, makes people really uptight and emotions are built up high. Here's her advice. She says that you need to tighten the reins on your tongue. Otherwise, feelings might come out all over the place. Mm. 
I feel like there's truth to that. Okay. So that's her advice. And then she also says that um, the supermoon is going to make uh, this holiday season a battleground. So people are going to get crazier. People are going to get absolutely crazier. Now, here's why I'm saying what she said is irresponsible. Why? Because I feel like the average person that reads and takes a psychic's opinion may be a little bit on the crazier side. Okay. So now you told all these crazies that, hey, you know how you're feeling? You want to act really crazy now? It's totally normal. It's the moon's fault, not yours. Go ahead. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. Because who's reading that? It's not like you have, like, some, you know, 50-year-old calm businessman who's never yelled in his life being like, oh, actually, you know what? This makes sense. There's three moons. No, it's some crazy ass that reads multiple psychic, you know, things, astrology, shit like that. Everything is based off of something crazy like that. Okay, they're the ones that are reading this, and they go... This makes sense. This is why I was crazy and why I burnt all my boyfriend's shoes last night. It must be the it must be the the three supermoons. I would have thought it's the opposite that people believe that believe in astrology, look at it, and then they understand why someone is reacting like over the top to them. I just I feel like it's crazy preaching to crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, of course you don't believe in psychics. I know, but you I was, don't believe in like anything. So, if, so if or astrology, bo- right? Or no, any? no. People yeah. tell me this shit all the time, and I go, that is so generic. You could have told, like, I've, here's what I do to test astrology, as I read just a random month, and I go, oh, actually, that does make sense you know, to me. Are- and as long as you just read the random month, and they don't tell you what month it is, but if I just took one and I read it to you, you'd be like, oh, actually, that does make sense. we got to go back and listen. Remember Cindy Kazan? Yes. The psychic that came on the show and gave you all kinds of predictions about, like, your elbow and your friends that you hang out with? We need to do, like, an update see if any of that came true. Well, that was crazy, okay? That's different, I feel, but, you know... How was it different? Because like she, she was like, specific. That yeah, that was no one else is that specific. That was Cindy Kate is the only one that I've ever met in my life that I go. She like read you up and I down. Go, All right, that's a little bit fucked up. Like that's a little bit <laughs> fucked up. She was amazing. Um, someday when you have a kid, Sammy, uh, would you ever give them a test to find out if they're going to grow up and be a drain on society? Wait, hold on, when real just quick. Three years old. Real quick before yeah. going to the story. Tell me, is this, does this, uh, is this one of your strengths there? Does this seem to exemplify you? Cooperative, diplomatic, gracious, fair-minded, social, indecisive, avoids confrontations, will carry a grudge. Okay. Mm. No, I don't carry a grudge. But you don't carry don't a grudge, but you are a little bit indecisive, avoid yeah. confrontations, you're fair-minded, you're social, you're gracious, you're diplomatic, cooperative, right? I'm just saying that I, that's for a Libra, Sarah. You're not even a Libra, okay? But I could read any of these, and it makes sense for the person. It applies to everybody. It applies to everybody, yeah. Well, I'm just saying if you believe in it, now you can explain the supermoon. That's exactly why people are going nuts. I cannot wait. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a dump in someone's front yard tonight and go, sorry, supermoon. <laughs> okay. Then. Sorry, well, supermoon. Well, if it's in Arlington, it'll be huge news. Yeah. It'll be huge news. Um, well, a simple test now at the age of three can determine whether children will grow up to be a burden on society, meaning excess welfare or ending up in jail or becoming obese. Three? At three years old, would you give a kid a test for this? Um, I mean, here's the thing. is If they're saying that, statistically speaking, kids with this kind of background mm-hmm. are more likely to exemplify these traits as adults, mm-hmm. then I would actually like to know that because that way I could start cueing it then. Whereas opposed to, I think if this there's... This is a terrible test. No, because people are looking at it the wrong way. They're looking at it saying that these kids are exemplifying at that age and therefore they'll never change. No, no, no. What they're saying is that, hey, statistically speaking, people that have these traits end up a large percent of the time in these situations. So if you know that, then why wouldn't you try to sit there and, you know... 
Like, you know, this sounds fucking crazy, but it's totally true. When I was growing up, remember when all that Columbine shit was going down? Oh, yeah. Right? Okay. My school actually did profiles on students, and because I was a a loner kid, you know, with a single mother who worked all the time, I would jump between homes, I was always staying at friends' and family's houses, I came up as one of those tests for someone that's prone to do a school that's shooting. Crazy. Do you understand that? Like, did I actually shoot up a school in my life? No, I never even fucking thought about that. You know what I mean? But with those tests... They can they say, like, and, it, and when you sit there, when you, get, when you read profiles of other school shooters, a lot of times it's single mom, they worked all the time, they jumped between homes, they didn't really feel, you know, like, accepted in their community in some sort. For me, it was because I was, like, a Tunisian, you know what I mean? Like, right. So, that, so I literally fit all the stereotypes, and so at least my parents at that, when they figure that out, they go, all right, he's got to start hanging out with friends. You know, and that was like what forced you to hang out. Go but not even that. It was just like I just they were more prone to it because they go, okay. I think I could. It's not that they actually thought I was going to shoot up a school, but they go, well, why? If they have all these, you know. Well, this test now would be given to a three-year-old. It would be a forty-five-minute test, which again for a three-year-old for a seems three-year-old, like geez, that's like yeah. a whole lifetime. It would gauge the intelligence, language, and motor skills, and um, would also assess their levels of tolerance, relentlessness, and impulsivity, as well as well as social disadvantage. Um, researchers at King College in London actually uh, study people from the age of three to thirty-five years of age. After 35 years, the researchers found one-fifth of that group was responsible for 81% of criminal convictions, three-quarters of drug prescription abuse, two-thirds of welfare benefit payments, and more than half of nights in the hospital. So if you can find out, I think here's the issue. If they can find out that it's nothing economic, per se, uh, or it's not, you know what I mean, like, as long as it's not an economic issue or a race issue or something, then they can find out that, okay, if I sit there and I read to my kid for 30 days, you know, 30 minutes a night, that could help dissuade this, then I'm totally for this. Well, it's But if it's about sitting there and taking three-year-olds and all of a sudden taking a three-year-old and putting them in a separate classroom and putting all the supposed bad kids together at a young age before they're even reading or, you know, having any sort of social skills, I'm against that. Anyhow, they're saying that more and more people are, are or they are encouraging uh, more and more research to be done and this test to be given. But I can't imagine that a lot of people would want to do that at three years old. And I mean, I'm thinking that anybody who's growing up in a situation that might be toxic or volatile, their parents are probably not thinking about giving these kids this test. Uh, probably not, I would assume. Uh, yeah. Um, did you realize that polar penis is an actual condition? Polar penis? What, polar does it penis. become like white? <laughs> Are we talking about polar bears or the polar actual like polar? Yeah, polar penis is real. An explorer that's in the Arctic currently is suffering from a case of polar penis and put it online. What is it? Um, Alex Breezer is a is one of the bold adventurers that is trying to spend something like forty days in the polar area. It's basically when in the South Pole. Um, it's a. He said that he found for some reason that he was getting particularly chilly in his nether regions, uh-huh. and there's a phenomenon called polar penis, penis, which sounds hilarious, but as it turns out, is incredibly unpleasant and really quite painful and cold. So um, he said that he's been suffering from it, and now is trying to put a wool hat down his pants to prevent it from getting any worse. Okay, what's even more disgusting <laughs> is the amount of time that that wool hat has to stay there. Okay, he is saying, quote, that hat won't be removed for 80 days. Do you know how funky that hat that's going to smell after 80 days, Sarah. I just can't believe there's a real complex called polar penis. But oh essentially, God. I think it's just when you get frostbite for your weenie. Yeah, I mean, but it's just because it gets so cold that the blood 
can't flow as well anymore, and so it ends up getting like really bad. As opposed to like where your fingers and your joints are constantly moving, which causes it, your penis isn't really moving, so it can't. So if the blood flow gets sick, yeah, I mean he has to keep a hat down there. Uh, that oh my god. Which by the way, Sounds I'm just gonna painful. throw this out there. There's got to be someone with an Etsy shop out there that can turn this into a multi-million dollar company. Oh, like some sort of penis hat. Oh There's my- already like a penis. Yeah, hat, but actual like ones that are like you know branded to be like, hey, this is using the Antarctic. You oh, know, like one that would be for sub-zero One temperatures. that's for sub-zero temp, like an actual, you know, think about it. Do you know how many people would go to, oh, I don't even know what a, you know what's the worst thing? I don't even know a wilderness store. I couldn't even tell you one. Um, well, Dick's Sporting Goods. Is that one? I don't know. Here's well, a anyways. penis cap. Yeah, but it's not the same. Like, is it, you know, insulated? Custom knit warmer. That looks pretty warm. For your penis? That's yeah, pretty but, good. But it's got to wick away sweat if I'm going to... That's not going to wick away sweat if I'm going to wear it for 80 days, Sarah. <laughs> that looks like... 80 like, days? It's got to be like NASA, you know? Made to order. That's amazing that people are trying to already sell penis caps, though. A custom multicolor penis cap for $5. There you go. You can buy one. <sighs> to think someone bought a sewing machine for that. Um, I want to know... what. So you said, look, you have a two-text rule... Two text rule. So you will text or call or reach out to someone twice. And if they don't make concrete plans with you, what? You're done? So I'll call, right? If they tell me to give them a call, I'll give them a call, right? Okay. And then if they don't answer then, then I send a text as opposed to leaving a voicemail. You know, saying, hey, what's up? Hit me up whenever you're free. Okay? And then I'll wait maybe the rest of the night. Maybe I'll wait like a few hours. But I will never send more than Two texts in a row without a response. Okay, so that's your limit. That's my limit. Okay. So, like, I have people that, like, they'll send, like, eight texts in a row and not get a response. Like, I'm not that kind of person. To me, I, like, there's a possibility that maybe my first text didn't go through because there are, you know, texts do get lost in the universe sometimes. Sure. Okay? So that's why I send two because I know you got one of my two texts. And if you're not responding, then I'm just so over it. I used to be the kind of person that would reach out and be like, hey, what's going on? Hey, I thought we had a date tonight. Hey, what's go- like, what's but up? Da, 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 da. Like- and then now I'm just so – because they were just trying to be – because I think that person is already shitty enough that they're not – they're not gonna like. They're not trying to cancel plans on you. So just trying to like pretend like. Oh well, if I just don't answer. Well, it's interesting because this is like a good friend of mine. So I can't figure out if I've done something wrong. I mean, I don't think that he's passive aggressive. But I think that if he was upset, that he would tell me. I have literally texted and called this person. I would say for the last. I'm not even joking. Seven months. You're not talking about me because when you text me saying you're going to be here at eleven o'clock, I just don't respond because I just assume I'm going to be here at eleven o'clock. Oh no no no. No, okay. This is okay. Like plans to Good. Like go to dinner. No, all right. You're all set. Stress off. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, but no, this person I have like known forever. In fact, when I first moved to DC and started my career, I lived with this person, and so now I'm like, I just don't get. You're talking about Weasel. <laughs> No, Weasel was... I wonder if Weasel's still alive, actually. Weasel, Weasel is by definitely. the way, is a radio personality who used to who used to um, be on, well, a very legendary radio station called WHFS, and then later on 94.7 Classic Rock, which was where I worked with him. Poor guy, though. I mean, he was really reduced to a little weasel by the end because some people, some women got very upset. He'd, like, hug you, and then he'd start nibbling on he'd your ear. He'd nibble on your ear, Sarah. People, that is like, not like that, that is not acceptable. I don't, it didn't bother me. I mean, the guy was, like, literally, four, I'm not even joking. He was 4'11". This is why they called him Weasel. He was, like, a little groundhog. Oh, dude, you know? Weasel is, uh... Is he alive? Oh, my God, he didn't die, did he? No, he's alive still, and I guess he's working for Towson Public Radio. Towson, Towson University, University Public Radio. <laughs> 
Yeah, every <laughs> Saturday afternoon at 12 and Friday nights at 7, the legendary Weasel brings three incredible hours of music and storytelling. Oh, my God. We should call into his show. If you ever want to hear, like, old school, fucking so old school, it's fucking hilarious, Weasel. Weasel would be so good. Oh, my God. It's the Weeze here. We're giving you the tease for this weekend's cheese. And you're like, what the fuck does that mean, man? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, he's all about the music, so I don't even mm-hmm. think that he... He just gives you a ton of music facts. Tons, I mean, tons like, of facts as well. Yeah, he's like a little music historian. Did you know that uh, Robert Plant Led Zeppelin only used double ply? This is Cashmere on WTMD, <laughs> Public Radio, about, Towson University. He you double ply, like, what they wipe their butt with? Yeah, Sarah, that's a fact he would give. Like, that's something that he's like, I, uh, I actually uh, hear the thing I talked to. Did you ever meet Weasel? Yeah, I did once, and he was so fucking creepy, to me. He was, he, I saw that's him. terrible. You give him like a bad name. I met him and I met this dude named Surf and that's when I realized that I, I was like this is, okay, I have a time cap on my radio career. That's when I realized that my radio career had a time cap. Or well, I don't think that you I would love age. radio that way. No, 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 no. I think the difference is they I don't still, love radio that way. I mean, no yeah, one... But they love radio from a specific time and place. You know what I mean? So to them, 1988 was as good as radio was ever going to get. Well, yeah. And that... so like their hair is still poofed out like that. They're still wearing... I mean, it's... You know, we've, we've dealt with a lot of people in radio that refuse to leave certain times of like certain eras oh, you know completely completely and they were no different and that's why they're so funny well i do think we were outliers because like i have never been about radio but those guys have all been about oh my gosh radio like the format the music and they want music formatted they don't want to just like talk and like you know have great interviews and develop like relationships with people it was just all about the music i want to play a good b-side you've heard this song <laughs> was recorded in a in a church in Rehoboth in 1974. By who? By the monkeys. I don't know. Back like, in the day, they all had payola plug. Oh, my God, yeah. That's when, you know, Simon and Garfunkel would come in with 20 grand, the record label would, and then play your song, Well, your 20 grand was really... I definitely used to talk to some radio people here, and I'll drop names if you want me to, because I got no qualms about it. But... Uh, <laughs> drop names? All right, fine. Al B tells me stories about how in the 80s, who was another radio DC legend, he's like, dude, like, I wouldn't even let a record exec come to my office in the 80s unless they had a bag of blow. Like, straight <laughs> up. Sure LBT loves that Like, straight story up. And that is a true story that I know multiple people that I've asked. They go, oh, yeah, dude. Back in, like, in the late 80s, like, 80s, we would not even come in with a new John Bon Jovi record unless, unless we had a bag of blow for the program director or the music director. Um, <laughs> those boards. Why do you think those radio boards don't work for shit anymore? It has nothing to do what, with... they're just, like, caked it has, with Coke it has, Yeah, exactly. People oh. think it's, like, coffee or just, like, regular wear and tear. It's like, no. They blew so much Coke off those boards in the 80s that there's no way they'll ever work again. Like, you could literally take a board, shake it upside down, and get probably $300 worth of cocaine. <laughs> Well, we need to try and do that in an yeah, old radio station. I'm telling you. That still has one. Yeah. There was some inside radio for you. Well, there you go. Sorry, LBD. Albie. Is he still working in D.C.? Uh, I think I saw him at Six Flags recently. <laughs> when were you at Six Flags? I was there. He was a clown. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Poor LBD. He'll hear this. Um, so I was going to ask you this before. we got to get to this listener email, right, about mm-hmm. her, her coworker that's fallen on hard times. But... Um, so we are. This is like our last live show before we go on holiday, and you're going to you're going to Tunisia. Tunisia, and then are you going to Kenya? Uh, I was going to, but my visa. I don't think I'm going to get it done in time, so I'm going to postpone and go some other time. So you're just going to be in Tunisia. For I'll like go to two Tunisia. Weeks. I'm doing Tunisia, London, and Paris. 
So you're going to be gone for this, like, yeah, like three-week break. Well, more or less, I tell people this. I'm going to Tunisia for a wedding, right? So I have to get to Tunisia anyways, and it's not like there's direct flight. There's no, you know, so I have to go via places. And so I just kind of plan my schedule going, all right, well, when's the actual wedding day? Right. Okay, well, when are my cousins working? Well, why the hell would I spend two and a half weeks in Tunisia knowing that they're working for two weeks? They don't celebrate Christmas there, so it's not like they have a Christmas vacation. Like, they're all working on Christmas Day. Okay. You know what I mean? So I would just be sitting around the house alone. So I opted just to go. I was like, well, I've got to fly through Paris anyways. So I have my Spend friends. A couple days. My friends are going to be in London. So I could just get like a cheap train ticket over to London. I'm going to go hang out in London with them for a few days. Come back to Paris for a few days. And then I'll go to Tunisia. And then I may go somewhere else, but I don't know yet. Well, good. Um, I'm excited to follow all your adventures. Are you going to be posting on Insta? Yeah, probably. I mean, once I'm there, it's like once you're, once you're there, you can usually travel pretty easily. It's always oh, getting over it. that ocean. You know, once you cross that ocean or that first border... Then it's pretty easy. Like, if I can find a ticket with my cousins, we may go somewhere for New Year's. We may not. I don't know. So, as our last show, do you have any, like, what have you learned in 2016? Like, any wisdom you're going to leave people with? Anything that you want to, like, try new in 2017? Since we're not, you know, we're not going to be back together until, like, after New Year's uh, Day. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not really anything particular about, uh, like, that I want to do different for 2017. It's the one thing that I wish I knew. That actually, like, uh, like some friend, like some older friends of mine, told me this. Oh, what? Who were like in their fifties, and they were telling me, they're like, "Man, you always like." Here's the thing: the one thing I wish, and the one thing that I always tell young people, is that you are gonna have the shittiest year of your life someday. Like, there's no matter how successful you are, no matter how well you're doing in life, no matter how everything is always moving up. Okay. There is gonna be a year that is gonna be so shitty that no matter how many times you try to dig yourself out of it, it just gets shittier and shittier and shittier. And that you need a plan for that. And, and as like, long as oh, you're okay. ready so for you it. So you don't feel like 2016 no, no. was that no, no, year? No, no, no. 2016, like I think 2016 was that year for me. Okay? okay? Like, I look at 2016, I go, this is a fucking shitty year. Like, I'm so glad this Why? year is over. Why was it just so bad? I had two dogs die, oh, right. definite career issues, you know, having to move out of my spot. You know, I mean, there's a bunch of shit that happened that as an, I was like, I never thought this was going to happen when I was in my 20s, let alone when I turned 30. You know what I mean? Okay, so it was a And lot. so that was it. And I just like the one, like this is the fact, I got it like maybe a few months ago. Okay. And that's when I finally was like, you know what? Fuck it, A. Now that I know this is going to be a shitty year, you just got to embrace it. So like yeah, to anyone who didn't have this year be the shittiest year of their life, my one piece of advice is... Prep for it and get ready because there's going to be a year. It may be 2017. It may be 2025. You don't know when, but just get ready because there's going to be a year that no matter what you throw at it, it's just going to be really shitty. And as long as you know that going in, you know there's only 365 days in it total, and you can get the <laughs> fuck out. That's it. You can count it so down. You can count it down. It's like I got my countdown ready to go. You don't think I have my countdown ready to go? 17 days left in this fucking year. Okay? <laughs> You're so 17 excited. days and 2016 is over, and then I can finally start all over again. Well, I feel like I've I feel like 2016 was a big transition year, like, because it was the first year that, like, when I had left the previous radio station, Mm -hmm. like, I left, and I just wanted to leave. There wasn't really, I knew I wanted to go to New York, I was like, you know, I want to do TV stuff, but there never was a formulated plan. And then when 107.3 ended, I was like, okay, there's a plan. Like, I want to launch this podcast, I don't want to work back there, like, you know, I really want to be creative, and so that's all happened. And I always say this, like, I feel like this year more than ever, it's like, go for your dream. Like, do what you want to do. And I just, but I mean, I've learned a million lessons. A million lessons. Oh, yeah. A lot of hanger honors. 
know your budget. And, uh, you know, I think it just has to be – it's a struggle. Yep. Let me just say. So I'm telling you, like, the one thing you have to know is, like, look, at now you know, too. Shitty years are going to come, Sarah. Get ready for them and prep hard, okay? I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's all relative. Like, I don't think it's a shitty year as long as my family's healthy, I'm healthy. Like, well, I mean, clearly me, it's not like, like in hindsight, people are going to look at my life and be like, Sammy, your year wasn't that shitty. But I think it was just getting yourself ready. They told me to get yourself emotionally ready knowing that you're going to have it. Like, to lose, like, my companion that I've had for 10 years right. and then to get a new one and he dies literally a week later. Like, that's the kind of shitty stuff they go, this is just your shitty year, man. Like, right. there's nothing you can really do about it. Right. You know, it's just one of those bad years. Get over it and keep on trucking through. That's the best thing about time is it always ends. Do you ever think, too, or do you already feel totally independent? I feel like this year has taught me, too, like, I don't know. I can still be codependent on people, and I'm like, wow, if this is really going to happen, I have to be completely independent. Um, and I mean that, like, in every aspect. You know, like, just everything. Well, I think it's about, at this point, like, uh, I would look at it, like, if I play on a sports team, right? Mm-hmm. If I didn't shoot three-pointers, or there's someone that shoots three-pointers, but now I know if I want to be the best at playing basketball, i got to learn how to shoot three-pointers, free throws, dribbles. Th- like, So you learn at least to do everything that's kind of expected from someone in your area. Right. Knowing that, okay, you're still going to have to focus on one or two things, but I found this year that was kind of part of the independence thing, you know? Yeah. I, I, well, for me, like... Like, think about every other radio job you've had, Sarah. Think about how many people we've had to depend on to do everything, you know what I mean? Like, we would have a web person, promotions person, an engineer, producers. But like, yeah. I'd be fucking stoked if I was you. You did this whole year, you, one other person. You know what I mean? Like, we're no, like, we're no, we're no, it's a, no, it's a, it's a staff of 15 just to get a show on the show, get a radio station working. 15 people are usually working, you know? Yeah, it's amazing. Two people, and you realize it's, it, now you have to learn the sales side? Yeah, was that shitty? Probably. <laughs> yes. But you got it. All the promotion side, all the marketing side, you know, yeah. like, budgets, all that shit. They're like, it's been amazing. It, it ha- it's been totally worth it because you really do own it, mm-hmm. you know, completely. But, yeah, it's like it forces you to be independent in areas. Like yesterday, I took my first, like, video editing class on my iPhone. I'm like, I have to do all this. You have to at least be proficient in everything, which mm-hmm. I think has forced me outside my box. You have to be a jack of all trades, but be really fucking good at something in there. Right. You know, but you have to know how to do everything else because you never know. I guess that's also something that, like, I was taught off the bat. They go, hey, man, you're like a young kid in radio. No one's just going to hire you to be on the air. So if you learn how to do the web stuff, you learn how to do production, right. you learn how to do videos, you learn how to do all this shit, it makes you more hireable. Will that actually end up being your long-term job? Probably not, but at least get you in the door. It will. You know? It's so true. So. so anyway, there's a little lesson of what we learned from this year. Um, I wanted to get to this email from a listener who wants her advice on her coworker who is falling on hard times. She says, hey, Sarah and Sammy, I have a problem with a coworker. Um, I wanted to see if you could have had an answer for me. So here it is. This coworker has fell on hard times, and he doesn't have a vehicle. He uses public transportation and is now residing in a hotel. He apparently cannot pay uh, for any laundry facilities at this place. He wants me, a single mom with three kids and working two jobs, to haul his laundry back and forth from the hotel to the office where he does his laundry. I've told him several times that my vehicle is in no condition to be driving all these extra miles, but... He won't take no for an answer. I don't want I don't want him to lose his job or be complaining to his supervisor, but I'm at my wit's end. I'm just saying that I don't know. This guy uh 
I mean, that takes some cojones. <laughs> like, that takes some serious would cojones. You, would you help this I guy would, out? If I, look, I'm telling you, if I like, was in a serious relationship with somebody, even I wouldn't have the cojones to be like, hey, babe, can you do my laundry for me? Like, I wouldn't have that, let alone someone that has, what, two kids? Two, three, three kids, kids two jobs. Three kids. three kids, two jobs, and you're asking that. I mean, granted, can you afford the laundry facilities in a hotel? No, but I'd hate to break it to you. Nobody can because they charge you like thirty dollars just to wash a pair of pants. I'm but there's like corn, la- but there's coin laundry mats. Like how how is that any less expensive than you just going taking a dollar twenty five and washing a bunch of clothes, taking another dollar twenty five and drying all those clothes? Uh, you want to talk about a moocher? I mean, this guy won't take no for an answer, and basically he wants you to do his laundry. I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, here's my thing. I go between fuck you and then I go between maybe that this woman should help like organize some sort of you know. Um, I don't know, office pool or whatever, yeah. and get the guy like money. But that's ridiculous Ugh. that he won't take no for an answer. I mean, I would say, here's my thing. I would tell him your, cir- I mean, she said, it sounds like she has told him her circumstances. I would avoid him. I wouldn't do it. The guy can still pay to live in a hotel. He still has a job. I don't know. I, I go back and forth, but at the same time, I can see how But laundromats like, aren't expensive. Like, sometimes I'll have a lot of laundry to do, and like, I won't be able to do it in my small little washing machine. So I'll just go to a laundromat, man. You know, and you can throw. They have those huge washers that you can literally throw in like four loads of laundry. Pay a buck twenty-five, get it washed. Pay a dollar twenty-five for it to get dried. Two fifty, and you have all your clothes washed for three so months. So, what's the verdict? You would just say no. You tell them get to a laundromat you do it can, yourself. Okay, if anyone ever approached me and said, "Hey, Sammy, I've fallen upon hard times. Do you mind if I? You mind if you take my laundry home and do it for me?" I would give them the biggest stink eye they could smell that shit in China. You know what I mean? Like, the stink eye would be so bad that I gave that person that they would definitely know that's a hell no. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, I would I feel like if he won't take no, I mean, maybe you help him, like, once a month. I would offer that. Once a month? No, you tell him, dude, you're an adult. Like, it's one thing if you need food. Like, if you need food, okay? Like, I will come. And, you know, if you want to come over for dinner once a week, that's fine. Save that five bucks you would have spent on food that day, right? Go do your damn laundry. Because I am not going to do my fucking laundry. <laughs> That's right? a good compromise. You I know? like that if you want to help him out. But here's the problem is I don't. I think it's shitty that he's looking for them to I do help too. him. Like that's not the thing. It's you go, hey man, blah blah blah. Like you can mention what the shitty times are going, in, and then if they offer, gung ho. But you can't go to people and say, hey. Can I get this? Can I do this? I, I, I know. I'm with you. I feel like that's such a moocher. Um, anyhow, look, uh, we have to say thank you to California Tortilla uh, yeah. for being an awesome partner. California Tortilla is amazing. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, Sarah, I was going to tell you about this. I had a dream about heaven last night. <laughs> you did? Cal yeah. Tort was there? No, here's the thing. It was a bar full of tacos, okay? <laughs> and then I realized, wait, 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 wait. This already exists. Heaven does exist, and it's called Cal Tort Catering. Okay. Did you know you can actually have an open bar of just tacos, Sarah? California Tortilla will come and hook you up. Caltor.com backslash catering or 855-CALTOR. Amazing. Um, By the way, if you want advice, you can always email Sarah at HeyFrage.com, Sammy K at HeyFrage.com. Be sure to follow us on social media as we get ready to go on our vacations because I'm sure Mm -hmm. we'll both be posting. Um, I'm under HeyFrage in most social media. Sammy's the S-A-M-Y, just one M, Sammy K. And I wanted to apologize to everyone that got offended by my joke yesterday on Snapchat. Oh, what'd you do on Snapchat? I didn't watch your story. Let's just say I made a joke about Amish Christmas lights and people were not having it. (laughs) People were not having it. Be sure to follow us. 
have an awesome, awesome holiday season. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back in the new year. Aww. Bye, guys. Bye.